If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim. Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Happy holidays, everyone. And I know we have just wrapped up New Year's, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, all the holidays, all of them. And now we are in January. Yes, yours truly is sounding as if I have a cold because I do. This cold won't let me go. It was just shaking me. It was holding on to me all of December. And I see it is still holding on for dear life in January. But we're going to keep on pushing. I hope that all of your travels and visiting with your family, spending all that time with loved ones, I hope it renewed you and refreshed you. And I pray that everybody is feeling good and safe and help and healthy. And if you're not totally there right now, I hope you're going to get there. 
as per usual, and hello somebody, we do go deep. And I am so excited to have one of my faves back on Hello Somebody to talk about something that is very timely for us. It probably is going to be uh, pressing our existence for a very long time. And I'm sure you might be able to guess what we're going to talk about today. Yep, you did. You guessed it. COVID-19 and the different variants. I mean, we had the Delta, you know, we're dealing with the Omicron, which I call the Cron. We're dealing with that right now. And I know it's having a serious impact on us socially and spiritually, emotionally and physically. I know this, you know, even if you don't get it, you know somebody who has it or you have a fear that you're going to get it. It is just really ruling our lives. And so I thought, what better way to help start off the month of January than to talk to one of the world extraordinaire family doctors, a sister, girlfriend, somebody that is in the struggle. Not only is she a family doctor, but she is an activist. She is on the front lines of social justice reform uh, when it comes to Medicare for all. She was a 2020 national surrogate for the one and only Senator Bernard Sanders. And I am proud to call her the doctor and also my friend, Dr. Victoria Dooley. Doc, how are you today? Hello, somebody. I am doing good. A <laughs> little bit better than you. Um, but yes, I am doing good. And I'm so happy to catch up with you. Good. I'm always happy to catch up with you. And we need you, Doc. We need people in your profession. I know there's a toll on the profession right now from nursing to doctors to the people who keep the hospitals clean and you know, delivery, like the entire ecosystem is stressed right now, along with people in their everyday lives. So I thought, I know people have a lot of questions about this and they will continue, but I just wanted to revisit you and I've talked about uh, the COVID before, and we'll keep talking about it because people still have concerns and we're far from over it. I don't think we'll ever be over it, Doc, but you can tell me, I think at some point we will be dealing with COVID like we deal with the flu at some point. That's the way it looks. As of right now, unfortunately, that's the way it looks. But time will tell. And as we come up with new vaccines and new therapeutics, um, hopefully it will get much, much better than it is right now. So we can tame it, but it, it, it looks as though it will always be with us. Is that a fair thing to say as of now? I would say absolutely. It looks like it, it's pretty much here to stay. Pretty much here to stay. So we just got to wrap our minds around it and get this thing tamed. It's far from tamed, but I, I, I believe that we're going to get there. It's going to take a while. So Doug, a lot of people are confused about the different variants within the COVID-19 family. Is there something significant about the number 19 in terms of the way that the scientists, you know, scientists and researchers have named the COVID virus? People are certainly familiar with Delta and they're familiar with the with the Omicron now. Can you talk to us like in layman's terms about uh, what those things mean and, and yeah. what we should know? Like maybe the least we should know about that? Absolutely. So we're talking about COVID-19 and there are different variants. And, and again, Delta was different from Alpha, the, 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 the original um, variant that we were talking about. And so we know that viruses are going to virus, right? What do virus do, viruses do? They mutate and they change. Um, that's how we got Delta with some mutations from the original Alpha variant. And that's how we have Omicron now. 
So this virus is, it's being a virus. That's what it's doing. So we can't fault it for, for doing what it is. So it's changing a little bit. Um, the concerning thing about this Omicron compared to Delta is that um, with the mutations and the changes that this, this particular strain has made, um, it's much, much more contagious. So um, again, this is not anything new. Delta was more contagious than um, Alpha, the original strain. So that's, that's what we're dealing with now. And when we are in a country where everybody's not being shipped, KN or N95 masks, um, you know, it's tough. So we do need to mask up definitely. Um, but again, this virus, it is airborne, um, regardless of what some people might, might try to, naysayers might try to say online, it is airborne. And so we wanna be vigilant and we wanna wear high quality masks, but we also wanna be gentle with ourselves. Um, Senator Turner, I hear so many people say online, I did everything right. And I still got COVID and I'm like, well, yeah. baby, it's okay. Even if you didn't do everything right, it's okay. Yes. We've been dealing with this for two years. If you know, if you did go out with a couple friends or if you did go out to eat for the first time in two years, um, mental health is important, right? Yes, it is. So, so we want to be careful and, and minimize our chance of getting this virus. So the virus is airborne. And it is no respecter of person. Some people are going to get it. So even if you, I'm encouraging people to mask up and do everything right. But even if you don't, you still got to be gentle with yourself, uh, because this has been a very long two years that we've been we've been experiencing and, and mental health. And because we live in a country where we don't have universal health care and universal mental health care, um, that is even harder for some people living here than it is in other countries to get the mental health that care that we need during these trying times. So you got to remember to be gentle with yourself, even though these are scary times. That's a great point, Doc, and I haven't heard anybody put it quite that way for us to be gentle with ourselves and also with others, because you can kind of believe you're bringing it on yourself. I, mean, I know someone who had contracted the COVID twice and they really were feeling bad and, and overwhelmed and thinking what could have what could I have done differently? But I think what I hear you saying in some cases, there may not have been anything that you could have done differently, but you just contracted it. And um, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. So Doc, if, if people, especially because I hear a lot, you know, thanks for bringing up that about people being gentle with themselves. I also hear a lot, especially among people, there is a contingent of people out there who don't believe that we should get vaccinated, don't believe we should wear masks, don't really don't believe we should do anything. They talk a lot about natural immunity. Can we touch on that natural immunity argument that is percolating out there? Absolutely. So um, as this virus has changed, and right now we're, we're dealing with Omicron, which is the predominant uh, variant going around the country, and it, it became predominant very fast in a matter of weeks. Um, what we do know is different about Omicron than from COVID is that you are much, much, much more likely to be, a, to be infected with Omicron, even if you've had a past COVID infection. So um, the, you are about, if you've had a prior COVID infection with another strain, Delta, Alpha, or whatever, that only gives about 19% uh, protection against Omicron, which, which is a very low, which is a very low amount. 
Um, we do also know because this variant is so um, aggressive as far as its mutations that if you get a booster, so a third dose of the vaccine, I know people are like, uh, how many vaccines do we got, you got to get? If you get a booster dose, so that's dose number three of your COVID vaccine, then you are protected by about 55 to 80%. So there's a huge difference between 19% protection if you've had a prior COVID infection and 55 to 80% protection if you've had all three COVID shots. That's a huge difference. And that difference could be a matter of life or death for many people. Yeah, no, definitely that. And the also adding to the naysayers is if you did get both doses and then you got the booster and you still get it, then some people will deduce that that means that the vaccine is not working and kind of go into this, I told you so uh, mindset. Is it not true that even people who may get the contract the virus, if they've had at least the first dose and or the booster, that if they do get sick or they're less likely to probably die from it or get it as as um, the impact of it might be a little less if you do have some type of vaccine, if you've been vac vaccinated, I should say. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we do know that vaccinated people can get COVID and they can get Omicron, they can get Delta, we know this. And as a physician, um, I've been frustrated by some of the media um, and some of our um, politicians uh, saying, hey, you know, if you're vaccinated, going about life with normal, like, yeah. like there's not any risk that you're going to get COVID. So that has been a huge problem in the messaging. And again, sure. that's been frustrating for me as a physician. If you want to people to get vaccinated, your messaging has to be honest and truthful. So what is honest and truthful about the vaccination message is, which like you said, if you are triple vaccinated against Omicron, at least double vaccinated against Delta, you are exponentially less likely to have severe COVID. And when we talk about severe COVID, we're talking about COVID that puts you in the hospital. COVID that puts yeah. you in the IC, ICU, COVID that puts you on a ventilator. Um, I get the stats from uh, you know health systems on a pretty regular basis. And what we're seeing is the vast majority of people hospitalized right now um, are people who have not been vaccinated, the vast majority. So can you get a COVID that puts you in the hospital if you're vaccinated? Yes, you can but you are exponentially more likely to get out of the hospital, which should be everybody's goal, right? You wanna get out yes. of the hospital alive and not in a body bag. So, so to me, that, that's a huge difference. Um, I, we, my family personally has lost loved ones who are young, 40 years old to COVID who were not vaccinated. And I'm fairly confident that it was, they were vaccinated, that they would still be with us today. So this is not only you know, 70, 80, 90 year olds who are getting COVID, um, who are dying. It is people who of all age are dying, who are not vaccinated. If you are vaccinated, you are much, much, much less likely to die. And I know there's some young people who are like, well, I'm young. I don't have a lot of risk factors. You know, I'm not really likely to die from COVID either. Um, and that might be true. You might not be as likely to die from COVID if you're 30 as compared to 60, but all you got to do is Google. There's cases all the time of young and vaccinated people dying with COVID. 
And as far as me and my family, um, we want to do everything to, to, to mitigate that risk possible, which includes getting all our vaccinations. And Doc, your family makes a big sacrifice. I mean, you and your spouse are physicians. Uh, you're in the private practice and your, your husband is at a hospital. Share with us a little bit of, because you were saying you are, you've been a bit frustrated. I'm sure you're frustrated, not just with some of the false messaging, but also with the burden that is now being placed, extra burden now being placed on the, the healthcare system itself. Um, what are some things that people need to know about like their everyday routine needs? Because the virus certainly has upset the entire ecosystem that was not perfect to begin with. So this is just making it worse. But if people have regular, you know, because I'm sure you get these questions all the time too, and I, I get them and I see them also on social media. What am I to do for a checkup or routine care, like a mammogram or a colonoscopy, a dental appointment? Uh, can you share some of the things that people should be doing uh, just regularly, the things that would they would have to do whether or not COVID was here. Absolutely. Well, the, the healthcare workers and the healthcare system is absolutely overwhelmed. And it's not just people who get COVID that are going to be affected because if the hospitals are full with COVID and non-COVID patients, but the, the, the largely unvaccinated, which is true, most of the people in the hospital are unvaccinated. If the largely unvaccinated population is filling up the hospitals with COVID, then you have people who don't have COVID, who are having heart attacks, who are having strokes, and they go to the hospital, they go to the ER, and they can't be seen timely because the hospital is full. So it's important to remember, even if you're not worried, even if you think, because none of us know, you know, no one has 100% certainty that there's never any chance that they could die or, or be very sick from COVID. So even if you think that you wouldn't be very sick if you had COVID, what if you were very sick because you had appendicitis? And you went yes. to your local hospital and they told they turned you away because they had no beds. Um, so it's not only, or you had a gunshot wound that they had to turn you away because they just had no no staff and no beds because everybody was was basically sick with sick with COVID and other illnesses already filled up the hospital. So this is an individual a COVID and the healthcare system is more than just COVID. It's about any illness, any reason you may need to get to the hospital. If there's too many people in the hospital with COVID, it, it decreases the likelihood that you're gonna get the care you need in a timely manner. Um, with that being said, um, I wanna emphasize, if you need to go to the hospital, you need to go to the hospital. There are certain things that just can't be treated in an office or urgent care. If you think you're having a heart attack, there's nothing I can do for you in my office. So if you need to go to the hospital, you need to go to the hospital. But if you don't need to go to the hospital, and I know that's often difficult to tell because, you know, if you're not a physician, you might not know if you need to go to the hospital or not, but you don't need to go to the hospital. If, you know, you have something that is, is relatively mild or minor, it is important to check with your primary care doctor if you have one, because I know everybody doesn't, and to stay out of the hospital if you don't need to be there. Um, but as far as cancer screenings and things, it's still very important to stay on top of those. However, we have this conundrum. You may want to go get your mammogram. You might want to get your colonoscopy. And the hospital is stopping what they call elective procedures. Looking for your cancer, it really isn't, you know, elective. It could be potentially life-saving, but 
certain hospitals are so full that they say, you know what, for the next week, we cannot do routine colonoscopies. We cannot do right. routine mammograms because we need to divert those resources to taking care of all these COVID and other patients who are already in the hospital. So there might be times when you want to get your preventative, uh, med- uh, preventative screenings and you can't. Um, and so then ultimately you do have to wait, but it's important to at least to try to schedule those and to seek those out. Um, with the understanding that they may be canceled if the hospital is too full, um, but it's better to schedule them than to, to not, because if your goal is to just wait out COVID, as we discussed earlier, um, we think COVID is, well, at least I do personally think COVID is pretty much here to stay, so, uh, or until we get some significantly better uh, therapeutics and preventative measures for it. So yeah. if your strategy is to wait out COVID before you follow up on your health screening, I would say that that is a very poor strategy. I totally agree, Doc, and I'm with you. COVID is here to stay in some form or fashion, and we haven't been able to crack, we haven't cracked the code totally in a way that allows us to kind of just live with it. And that's when I, that's why I keep saying tame it, because we haven't tamed it quite yet. I, I think a moment is coming, and I just don't know when, so we got to do everything that we can. No, Doc, thank you so much for that, because it is important that people understand that there's a domino effect here to this. And mm-hmm. so when people are being selfish, and that's what I call it, and not just the question, because we know we went through the, oh, can people ask a question and, you know, people going off on people who won't get vaccinated. You know, I, I may be very disappointed in people who don't want to be vaccinated, but I'm not here to you know, make them feel worse or try to shake them. You know, you know how when somebody is in shock and you might see slapping them or something. No, I'm not really <laughs> here to do that. Even though the thought might cross my mind every now and then. That's not how I'm rolling. I think the bottom line is that people have to understand that this is not just about that one thing as you laid out very beautifully, that it is indelibly, there is a link to uh, if, if the hospital system itself is overwhelmed dealing with COVID, then that means the other side of the scale is not balanced. And the other side of that scale is your routine checkups and, or as Dr. Dooley laid out, a life-threatening emergency that just happens in life, whether we were dealing with COVID or not. And so I think if more people would just broaden their thinking on this, and if we all said to ourselves that we each individually have a responsibility to help detain COVID, That means washing our hands regularly or having hand sanitizer everywhere. It means wearing a mask. And Doc, I heard you say wearing a good mask. I was reading an article the other day that was uh, into it. It it stated that some of these uh, cute cloth masks, they may look cute and they might uh, match outfit, but they are not the best. (laughs) You want to, let's talk about the mask a little bit, Doc, since I'm on it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so I will say it. Because, again, because we haven't had um, an administration that said, hey, you know, let's go for it with this plan that we came up with to send everybody masks because we haven't had that. I understand how there uh, might be obstacles into getting a high quality mask, um, especially a mask like an N95 mask, which is even more crucial with this Omicron because, again, it's so much more contagious than, than the other couple strains that we've had. But if possible, if you do have access to an N95 mask, I do encourage that. If you don't, surgical masks are preferred over cloth mask. And if you want a double mask, that's okay too. If you want to use, if you do have a cloth mask and a surgical mask, it's not an N95 and you don't get too hot or anxious and both of them, it's not gonna 
Uh, you're not going to be breathing in CO2, that's the myth. Uh, but some people can feel hot and they can feel anxious. Um, yeah. But if that's it, but if you don't feel too hot or anxious, double masking, um, I absolutely encourage that as well if you can't get it in 95. Okay, so the moral of the story here, sisters and brothers and family and friends, you can put that cute mask on top of your other mask if you must. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> don't just be rolling out there with the cute mask, okay? It won't protect you. It'll look good, it'll match your outfit but it won't uh, give you optimal protection, Doc. Is that, I think that's what we're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Optimal protection. So Doc, in December, and I'm not sure if you've seen anything like this in Michigan, but in December, um, there was an ad taken out in our local newspaper, the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and it was taken out by the health systems, the hospitals, and it had a big old, you know, the words help in the biggest letters ever. And it, the message was asking Ohioans to get vaccinated and just really reminding people of the strain that not being vaccinated is having on the health system itself. Have you seen um, any creative kind of pleas like that? I did see that ad um, as I was scrolling online about that, that one page ad that basically just said help. Yeah. And, and that's pretty much how... Uh, most healthcare providers will not right now help. Uh, you know, we went in this pandemic optimistic, hoping that it wouldn't be long term. And here we are two years later in the same yeah. predicament, or in some states, a worse, uh, worse predicament. And again, as of right now, the vast, overwhelming majority, um, 80% plus of patients who are in the hospital with COVID um, are unvaccinated people. And again, as we've just talked about before, um, if, if the hospital has too many COVID patients, that affects us all. That doesn't just affect yes. people with COVID. That affects us all. That affects people who are victims of gunshot wounds. That affects people who have strokes. That affects people who have appendicitis. So, so that's why it's important to get vaccinated from COVID so that if you do get COVID, you are less likely to be somebody who is um, clogging up the hospital system so that other people with non-COVID-related illnesses don't get the care that they need. We need a bigger sense of community and respect and love of our fellow human beings. Yeah, amen to that. And speaking of a bigger sense of community, it makes me think about Medicare for all. Absolutely, 101% it does. And, and, and it's frustrating to me, and, and you know, and you are too, how, how excited I am about Medicare for all that if, it, if a global pandemic didn't get us Medicare for all, I shudder to think what it would take. It's scary. Mm. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. 800,000 people dead from this yeah. virus, and we still don't have Medicare for all. Like, and that's just in our country. Um, right, right, right. Yeah. So if it takes something worse than 800,000 dead to get Medicare for all, that's a scary thought. It really is that. And not just having Medicare for all. I mean, these fools, we still can't even get them to unify on lowering the cost of prescription drugs too. No, absolutely. It's horrendous every day. Um, I love my job. I love what I do. But, but the things that make it um, not satisfying are, are when you have people that you want to help and there, and there does exist something that would help them and they, they just 
can't get that help because they can't afford it. And I'm talking about uninsured people, but I'm talking about the underinsured because yes. basically we are a nation of underinsured. Almost everybody is underinsured. Most people do not have these old, uh, you know, these plans like maybe back in the 80s that my dad had when I was a kid that, you know, basically no deductible or very low deductible. Almost everybody is underinsured. So here you are, you know, you did the right, would pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you know, that whole thing. You got a job. Um, you got at your job that provided benefits, but you still cannot afford the, um, the, the medical, uh, dental, mental health treatment that you need because we are a nation of under insurance. And that's very frustrating for me as a physician because it's harder for me to do what I love, which is to take care of my, my patients. Yeah. And I, listen, I want people who are joining us today to know I'm underinsured myself. And what you mean, I mean, those deductibles and the out-of-pocket costs are astronomical, even when you have good health care insurance. And imagine if you have none at all, it's even worse. We have, I heard stories, Doc, and I know you have shared some of these stories, uh, not just here on Hello Somebody, but also on the campaign trail of having to stand in the gap for your patients and threaten these insurance companies. But what kind of sense does it make? When you're paying all of this money, your employer is paying all of this money. First of all, healthcare should not be tied to uh, employment. employment. That's a whole nother series. We will, we can talk <laughs> about that again. But even to know that you have health insurance and you still have to get on some type of payment plan or pay these big lump sums if you can afford it uh, out of pocket uh, because the health insurance you have does not cover all of the procedures that you needed to assess what is necessary to optimize your life. I mean, that's really, you know, what this really comes down to when the have insurance companies get to decide what kind of medicines, what kind of procedures. I mean, doc, you and I have a friend who waited months um, to be able to, to get a test because the, the insurance company was dragging his feet and didn't necessarily believe that, that uh, she needed the test. I, I say, if the doctor says she needs the test, now there's a difference between getting several right. opinions from other medical <laughs> professionals. But, but right. what is your doctor battling the insurance company? What sense does that make? It makes no sense. And it, it leads to burnout. Um, mental, uh, I'm sorry. Um, medical professionals have many reasons to feel burnout, but it contributes to our burnout. Like I said, we order a test or a treatment for a patient. We've ordered it. We've given our office authorization we've given our professional opinion we went in some instances hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt and sacrificed all of our 20s most of our 30s to achieve this goal of becoming a, a physician or a healthcare provider and, and you know we give our expertise and our recommendation and then we have to convince somebody who has no medical training uh, no medical knowledge no medical terminology training why that this is important for our patient and it should be it's important for our patients simply because I ordered it. That should That's be right. the only justification that they need. Yeah. And I've spent, you know, my entire lunch hours and, you know, battling um, for something that, that the medical community knows is, is the appropriate treatment, but just battling people um, just to, to try to get my patients the care that they need it. I'm, I'm fairly successful, but a lot of times you're not success, successful. Um, I've had insurance companies, you know, a patient needs a particular medicine. They, they could have been on this medicine for years, S&T. And then all of a sudden, 
their employers decide not to cover the, the, the uh, specific medication anymore just yeah. because they realized that it was more expensive than, than an alternative. So in those cases, I can't get authorization for the medication because the employer has just flat out decided they're not going to pay for it under any circumstances. How crazy yeah. is that? Insane. Insane. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Well, Doc, as, as uh, we uh, wrap this up, I want to talk about one other thing that I know is near and dear to your heart and you had put out a tweet, I believe it was in April of 2021. I cannot believe we are already in 2022 these years. I swear the more season I get, the faster time is going. Lord help me. But um, you put this out, shared this with the world on Twitter. And it was really about uh, how doctors practice and you have to be licensed in certain states. And your tweet read, doctors shouldn't have to get licensed in licensed to practice in each state which costs thousands of dollars. Medicine isn't practiced differently in different states. 
there should be a universal licensing program with one fee that allows medical providers to practice in all states. I don't think as patients, we necessarily think about some of the hurdles that you have in your profession. And this is one that really just stuck out to me because it does uh, make a lot of sense with your land out there. You don't practice medicine differently in Michigan than you do Ohio than you do in California. If you do something, something is, is, is eerily wrong, if that is the case. But why is it, uh, you know, what can we do to, as, as people who care about uh, your profession and making sure that doctors have what they need to take care of patients, is there anything, uh, anything that we can do to um, be helpful uh, to doctors in this pursuit to get uh, universal licensing? I love that uh, idea. Absolutely. You can write your state representatives uh, as doctors. You know, we're always so busy. And like I said, spending so much time just advocating for our patients to get the care that we need. Um, we often don't have enough voice as, as far as writing our representatives and lobbying um, in D.C. But your state to get licensed in a state could cost anywhere from, you know, 300 to 800 dollars per state. So if you want to be licensed in all 50 states, just add that up. And not only is that it, it takes, it's a process that takes several months. And so here we are in a pandemic where we are um, having a crisis, where we are, do not have enough nurses, we do not have enough doctors. So, so we are in a crisis. And for a little while in the pandemic, I believe they did uh, make some uh, accommodations so that doctors could practice medicine in other states they weren't licensed in. But that needs to be permanent. Um, mm-hmm. We're talking about rural areas. You know, there might, yes. if you live in a rural area, there might only be one particular specialist within hours of where you live. Um, how much more helpful would that be if any specialist in any state could opt, you know, to, to do telemedicine and help you with the care that you need? So when we're talking something, something about like a global pandemic, like this COVID crisis, I think it's even more crucial now than it's ever been to allow all providers, not just doctors, nurses, mental health providers, to uh, be licensed to practice in all 50 states. And that needs to include universal telemedicine coverage. So again, the doctor doesn't have to travel to the state that you live in to treat you. They could treat you by telephone, video. Not all things can be treated that way, but a lot of things can, especially with the way technology is advancing. So one of the ways you can address the shortage of healthcare professionals is to cancel off student debt and to make public colleges and universities free. That's one of the ways to address the issue. Another huge way to address the shortage of healthcare professionals is to allow them to practice in all states and not have to individually pay and um, spend months and months and months of time and paperwork and back and forth to get licensed in each individual state. Well, there it is, folks. We want to thank so very much Dr. Victoria Dooley for spending a part of her day with us on Hello Somebody, giving us an update about COVID-19, the different variances, what we can do to stay as safe and healthy as possible, what our collective responsibility responsibilities are, both to ourselves and to others, and also to the healthcare professionals who are standing in the ready on our behalf. And it's the doctors, it's the nurses, it is the workers that uh, keep the, the hospital healthy by keeping it clean. It's everybody that is in the ecosystem of the healthcare 
system, it is our obligation to make sure that we lessen the burden on them. By doing that, we could be saving ourselves or saving somebody that we love. So we all have a role to play. And then lastly, we can have some activism in this by helping our elected officials, both on the state and federal levels of government, understand that it is important to have universal licensing programs for our healthcare professionals, not just in times of emergency, but as a matter of course, on a regular basis, that would help to lift the system. And lastly, Dr. Dooley put out there that another thing we can do as a nation to deal with the shortage is to make colleges and universities tuition-free, cancel student debt so that people can go and study and learn. And especially if they go into any of the healthcare professions, those degrees cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. And Doc, you've said this time and time again, that you know people can go into private practice or they can go into specialized medicine, uh, you know, specialized care like, um, like um, um, plastic surgery or something like that, not knocking it. And, and they, they will be able to pay off their student loans very easily. But if you are studying medicine and you want your ministry within medicine to be helping poorer, poor people from working class and poor communities, you are not making that kind of money at first and certainly not as quickly as somebody that is in a more specialized field. And therefore, if you are saddled with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, that could hamper or even uh, dissuade you from going Absolutely. into helping into, into communities that need the help the most. Absolutely. And it's hugely important for inner city communities, um, rural communities where people who are most likely to practice there are going to be from those communities. But if you graduate in those communities that you're from, pay you a lot less than some of these, you know, suburban urban communities, you got to go where the money is to pay off your debt. But if you can come out debt-free and just go uh, back to where you came from, where, where you grew up and serve those people and to know you're not straddled with this huge amount of debt, then, then that would be life-changing for a lot of people who have access to healthcare providers that they don't have access to right now. It would be very important. And, and we do know it's good for people to have providers, well, specifically Black people, to have providers that look like them. Um, yes. The evidence show, and this is not a racist statement, the evidence shows that they're more likely to have better health outcomes when they have a provider that looks like them. So any steps that we can take to make that happen um, are vitally important. So we got to do that. And when you hear people saying, you didn't have to go there, you didn't have to get that debt. We need doctors who are committed Hello. and it takes a lot of money to go to medical school. So what are you talking about? Let's just go on and make these programs universal, y'all. Let's do this. This is 2022. Let's be about the business of doing a new thing. We need to aggravate agitate, lift our voices, speak the truth, get involved. All right, we're sending you nothing but love from the Hello Somebody team. And again, happy new year. We rolling 2022. Happy new year, s Happy new year, Dr. Dewey. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 